I need wisdom. Where do I get it and how do I get it? If that seems like a problem you're familiar with, then I hope you enjoy today's episode. everybody. Welcome back to the CCFS Counseling Conversations podcast. I'm Edward Ruiz, your host here, where I seek to tackle any and all problems of everyday living, offering counsel and encouragement from a Christian worldview. And today is the first episode of our Probing the Proverbs series, where we look to the Proverbs to help us deal with everyday problems of living and hopefully offering you some counsel and encouragement that you need straight from the Proverbs. So we're going to begin off of chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. So go ahead and grab your Bible. I'm going to be using the NIV version. I'll put it up on the screen for us. We'll read it, and then we'll just dive right in for today's episode. So picking up Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. All right, so, you know, out the, in the outtake there, or in the beginning, you know, I had mentioned that I need wisdom. Where do we get it and how do we get it? That's the problem that I'm hoping that we can address today with just these verses. Okay. So as I do this, I'm going to go over a couple of points, two points really, and hopefully give us a nice solid answer to this problem that we're, that I know that we all have, where we all need wisdom. Where do we get it? How do we get it? The first point is this, about what the Proverbs say about themselves. I have the wisdom that you need. Now, I hope that isn't too simplistic of an answer, because the reality is, I think we all sort of know that, right? Well, if I need wisdom, we'll just go to the Bible, right? Okay, we get it. Um, what I mean by this, and I want us to think a little bit differently if you haven't before, let me know down below about testimony. The Proverbs testimony about itself. Now, here's what I mean. Have you ever been in a situation where you've had to defend yourself? You know, I think of like all the little bickering arguments that I might have with my wife, where we bicker about whether to do this or do that. And I'm sometimes defending myself because I'm right. And so I'm providing a testimony about myself, about what I, what I think is right, what I think is just, or what I think is fair. And I know you've been there before too. Maybe, you, maybe you're married or with a family member or a friend, you've, you've, you've bickered. You've provided a testimony about yourself. And that's actually a big word. We use that in our, in our court system when people provide a testimony of some sort and within sort of a court situation, okay? The Bible here, right out the gate, right out the gate with the Proverbs, is providing a testimony about itself with respect to wisdom. And let's just kind of review it here again. The Proverbs, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a discipline and prudent life, etc., the Bible itself is saying, I have the wisdom to do these things, okay? And I wonder if that strikes you in, 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 in terms of just thinking about the Bible's own veracity within itself, its own testimony about itself. Do we ever think of the Bible in that way as providing a testimony to us about itself? And this is what it is. Right out the gate, 
The Bible saying, you need wisdom. I know you need it. This is where you can come and get it. Come to me. Come to the scriptures. Come to the Proverbs. So that's the point one. What the Proverbs say about itself, I have the wisdom that you need. So we're tackling there the first problem about where do we get this wisdom? Because you and I need it. Well, let's just go to the Bible. That's where we will get it. And the second point that I want to point out today is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. And that's really our how and how do we get this wisdom? Because you and I need it. We go to the Bible to get it. But how do we actually get it? You know, because it's one thing for us to just go to the Bible and read it. And, and if our attitude is that, well, it's just another piece of literature or it's not really the word of God. It's just a bunch of words written by man. If we have that attitude toward the scriptures, then we're not going to be able to pull out from the, of the scriptures the wisdom that we need, the knowledge that we need to uh, unto a life where we have a disciplined and prudent life, to be able to do what is right and just and fair, etc. So what's the basic prerequisite then in, in this how? How do we actually access this wisdom? Well, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So, the fear of the Lord. And I hope that you're asking yourself now, well, how exactly do I fear the Lord? What does it mean to fear the Lord and to fear God? Well, I want to give you a couple of definitions. Uh, one of them is from Matthew Henry. One of them is from John MacArthur. And then I'll kind of throw in a little bit of my take on what this idea means. Um, but real quickly, though, I want, to, I want to ask you, what do you think it means to fear the Lord? Please answer that question. Put an answer in the comment box below. What do you think it means to fear the Lord? So John MacArthur says this, To fear the Lord is a state of mind in which one's attitudes, will, feelings, deeds, and goals are exchanged for God's. It's one's state of mind in which one's attitudes, will, feelings, deeds, and goals are exchanged for God's. Matthew Henry, he says it like this a little bit. He says a lot, but so I just kind of pull out one sentence. He says that basically to fear God is where we understand God is to be reverenced, to be served, and to be worshipped. God is to be reverenced, served, and worshiped. That's part of what it is to fear the Lord. And I want to add my own two cents in this. And, you know, because I've been a Christian for a few years, of course, I, I think about these things, and I know you think about them, which is why I want you to answer below. How do you think about it? Here's how, part of how I think about it. To fear God at the basic level of your heart is to know your relationship to God. That is, in your relation to God, which is this. He is God, and you are not. You're the creation. He's the creator. It says to yourself um, <clears throat> that, uh, what do I, I say right here? Someday you're going to die. God will never die. Okay, God is perfect. God is holy. God is just. And it's also a heart posture that says that, uh, that understands that God has the power to take life. He has the power to give life. God has power to sustain every single breath that you have. And that's right now what he's doing. I mean, you're listening to this podcast episode with the very breath and with the very life that God is graciously giving you right now. Right now he's doing it. And that's part of what it is to fear God. It's to know at the deepest part of your heart, to know that your entire existence is totally dependent on God. And so that must and necessarily does translate to the question or demand the question about worship and, and service to God and reverence to God, as Matthew Henry points out too. 
So I want to go back a little bit to what, what uh, John MacArthur said, and we're, gonna, we're rounding third base here, we're almost done, about the attitudes of the heart. I love the way that John MacArthur puts it. It's a state of mind about uh, one's attitudes, feelings, deeds, and goals and they, that, that, that need to be exchanged for God's. So a simple question that we should be able to ask ourselves then is, well, what are the basic attitudes of our heart? What are the feelings and the things that we do that need to be exchanged for God's? I want to just offer two basic attitudes that I think might be prevalent uh, maybe with you and certainly I know are prevalent within me at times. Uh, the first ad heart attitude that needs to be exchanged goes something like this. It's the heart attitude that says, I don't need God. I don't need wisdom. I don't need the wisdom from the Bible. That's the basic heart attitude that needs to be exchanged. It's the heart attitude that says this, I have what I need within myself. I have the resources that I need. Maybe you've went to a great school, you have a great education. Maybe you're rich. Maybe you have all the money you need. Maybe you have great friends. Maybe you have great health. Maybe you have just great everything. You have access to all the things that you need and you don't really sense in your own body and your own sense in your own mind that you need God. Because you have health, you have happiness, and everything is good. But I'm telling you, and I think what John MacArthur would have us, have us understand, and what really is count, what ultimately becomes counterintuitive to what Matthew Henry says, is that when we're in that state of mind, not only are we saying we don't need God, but we're not actually able to worship God with that attitude. We can't worship Him. We can't serve Him. Because there's a part of us that believes that we've attained all those things in ourselves. Somehow we've got it because we're smart and we're rich and we're this and we're that. That's the first attitude. The heart that says, I don't need God. I don't need his wisdom. The second thing that I want to point, the second heart attitude that I want to point out for today as we're nearing the end here is this, the heart that fails to know God. The heart that fails to know God. Now, maybe you're asking, how, does, how is that an attitude? Um, the attitude goes something like this, though. It's the heart attitude that's, that fails to acknowledge that everything that we have is from God. The reality is, is you, you actually might be rich. You might actually have great health. You might actually have great friends. Uh, you might actually have a great education, and you've been given, uh, you have great educators in your life, and that sort of a thing. That's not bad in and of itself. Having those things are not bad in and of themselves, but it's the heart attitude that says that you did it yourself. It's the heart attitude that fails to know God, the God who actually gave you all of these things. I kind of mentioned that before. It's the, it's the basic failure to understand your relation to God. You are not God. God is God. You are the creation. And that's the basic, that's one of the other basic attitudes that needs to be exchanged as, as, as MacArthur points to. Uh, here's, here's sort of something that I reflected on, and I want to leave us off with this piece of insight uh, with respect to these heart attitudes that need to be exchanged. All right, this goes something like this. A heart that is too proud to fear God is a heart that has elevated himself to God. A heart that is too proud to fear God is a heart that has elevated himself to God. And we will look at all of these other attitudes, the attitude that I don't need God, I don't need wisdom, the heart that fails to basically acknowledge the reality that God has given us everything. At the center of that is pride. The center of that is pride. And that's, that's the core thing that needs to be repented of whenever we're talking about exchanging attitudes and feelings and will uh, for God's. 
really then what we're exchanging it for is a humble reverence. It's a humble acknowledgement, again, that God is the creator, that he's the one that, w- that must be worshipped and served, not us. And when we fail to do that, we're basically elevating ourselves to the place of God. And the power behind that, is, it's just the pride. It's the proud heart that does that. So the heart that's too proud to fear God is a heart that's elevated himself to God. I hope that this was helpful today. You know, I need wisdom. You need wisdom. Where do we go? How do we get it? I hope that today's episode was helpful in in kind of starting us off here. Please tune back in tomorrow or the next episode, rather. We're going to dive in from verse 8 into verse 19, where we're continuing our series and probing the Proverbs. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Hey there, did you like this video? If you did, please comment, rate, and share this video with someone you think who might benefit from it. Also, don't forget to subscribe if you're not already and hit the alarm bell so you'll be notified next time I upload new content. Thank you so much for listening today. I look forward to connecting with you next time. Until then, talk to you soon. Bye.